It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Week five is here. The nation's capital is where it all goes down. Bears and commanders kick it off tonight. A beautiful evening, by the way, expected there at FedEx Field. Game time, 10, 70 degrees. I call that perfect. Washington six-point favorites over the Bears, by the way. We welcome you to NFL Live. Justin Fields coming off of his best game yet as a pro, uh, but the Bears are still winless. Welcome to the show. Dan Orlovsky's here. We got Marcus Spears and Ryan Clark. What was that? Th- what was that thing? Oh, Marcus what is, is this? Oh, what does that mean? For Marcus's daughter. Oh, I love it. Um, hook them horns. All right, uh, let's. <laughs> we're going to be with Adam with some news that we'll get to in just a minute. Back to tonight's game later, but first, let's get to that news. And we go to Jonathan Taylor, who remains on the pup list, returned to practice yesterday. Taylor and the Colts had a very public disagreement, of course, over his contract during the offseason. Spoke to the media for the first time since then, earlier today. Listen to what he had to say. The number one goal was to get healthy, and I believe everybody was on the same page with that. So just being able to to work in and communication with their organization and my squad, just being able to provide any and everything that I needed in order to get back out there on the field. I'm here. I mean, if somebody wasn't committed, they wouldn't be here. Um, and, and right now I'm here and my, my number one goal is to really attack this first practice. I'm not here to get into any contract things. Those were um, over the course of this offseason, but the season is here. We got the Tennessee Titans on the clock. Um, division game. Sounds like he has a really good attitude, Adam. Uh, any sense if we'll see Taylor on the field Sunday? Well, Earl, let's say this. He has participated in practice, full practice, two straight days now. These were his first public comments since June, and he sounded a tone of optimism and enthusiasm. You heard a player talking about commitment, about the Tennessee Titans, about being healthy. He sounds like he is ready to play. And now the decision will become if the Colts are comfortable, if he's comfortable moving ahead. But this certainly seems like it is trending in the right way for Jonathan Taylor and the Colts, who clearly have worked on their relationship and repaired some of the issues that both sides had this past summer. Yeah, I mean, it's remarkable. When we were first talking about this before he went on PUP and even during that time, it did not seem like these two sides could get on the same page at all. So uh, as we read these tea leaves, it's becoming more and more fascinating. More from Adam coming throughout the show. Let's get to the game of the week, though. Cowboys 49ers on Sunday night, led by Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. The 49ers are the most prolific offense in the NFL when it comes to gaining yards after the catch. That could be a problem for the Cowboys defense, which has allowed the third most yards after the catch per reception since Dan Quinn took over as their defensive coordinator in 2021. Dan, what makes this 49ers offense so tough to defend? It's a little bit different than it really was certainly last year under Brock Purdy and certainly under Jimmy Garoppolo. We know 21 personnel, right? The two backs, one tight end. So there's Christian McCaffrey and there's Kyle Ustrek. We've talked about that a lot on our show. And we know that oftentimes Kyle likes to shrink things down. Like everybody's inside from really the top of the numbers to that hash. The difference in my eyes when I watch this team go and play right now offensively is how much they stretch you, not only horizontally, but vertically at the same time. Like if I just took this receiver up here and I said, okay, that guy is what? 
at the 18 yard line and then drew a line back all the way to where Debo Samuel sits at like the 36 yard line. We're talking stretching this defense 50 yards almost sideline to sideline, but then also another 20 plus vertically. And I've got one, two, three, four, five guys that are out in that pass concept. And Debo demands so much attention that as he flows this way and that guy flows this way, then a player like Christian McCaffrey somehow gets lost and there's that short passing game that's a big part of their offense. But the stretch vertically, excuse me, horizontally while also vertically is something that's a little bit different. And Brock just dumps that football off. Well, again, you'll get that 21 personnel this time. Instead of Debo being in the backfield, he's at traditional wide receiver spot. But there's McCaffrey and there's Juszczyk. It's going to be a very similar look. There's that all the bodies condensed into the middle of the field. And then we're going to get some of that motion that we've always seen under Kyle Shanahan. A little ball fake. And this time they're going to half roll Brock Purdy. So you got flow going one way, a fake going another way. And then again, look at the stretching of the defense that is going on right now. Brock Purdy's just cutting that football loose. And again, I have a guy that's right around the 30-yard line, and I have another option past the 50-yard line. There's these five pass catchers. One, two, three, four, five. Everybody is stretched so far horizontally, sideline to sideline, defensively. And then now they have the ability to push the ball vertically downfield. And last time I told you Christian McCaffrey got lost. Well, this time these defenders are low to pay attention to him. And Brandon Ayuk then, as that defender gets carried, has that deep out route. So that's really a little bit different when it comes to San Francisco's offense and the evolution of it this year. Certainly 21 personnel, two back, one tight end, and all those different players at different places. But as much as they stretched you horizontally with Jimmy Garoppolo, it wasn't that much vertically. Mm. Now they're stretching you still as much horizontally while also stretching you vertically on the same play. I think that's very difficult and will be for Dallas's defense. It reminds me of trying to babysit a lot of kids. Like I'm stretched vertically horizontally but just when you think you've got yeah. one the other ran away all right <laughs> let's dig in on the Cowboys defense everybody does uh, with our defensive guys RC we start with you where is the soft spot there this week <laughs> well apparently according to you and Dan the San Francisco 49ers are basically a game of twister on the <laughs> offensive side of the ball but when you look at what they do best it's about running the football. And when we've watched the Dallas Cowboys not be themselves this year, it was because of that Arizona Cardinals run game. James Conner coming downhill, using some of the zone read with Joshua Dobbs. And you can see that that physicality, especially versus the sub packages on the Dallas Cowboys defense, where they have more DBs on the field than linebackers and defensive linemen, they had difficulty holding up in the run. And then once that game got going, you saw the play-action game of Joshua Dobbs and the Arizona Cardinals begin to move the football down the field. You know who runs the football better than anybody? Christian McCaffrey, mm. the San Francisco 49ers. You know whose play-action game will get after your keister better than anybody? The San Francisco 49ers and Brock Purdy. And yards after the catch, which have plagued this defense under Dan Quinn, who does it better than the San Francisco 49ers? Nobody. And so if you think that you're going to come into this game not prepared to face up physically and stop the run and then get into the play-action game, you are out of your mind. They better strap it up because it's going to be a tough night if they can't stop the run. RC, you make a great point with the run game. And you, the elimination of McCaffrey is not realistic, but you have to limit him. That's the correct word to use. And, Dan, that was such a good take, bro, because what, you, like, what, what you're looking at, obviously, is a team that's playing in space. So in order to try to negate that, you got to understand this Dallas defense, you're going to give up some plays. 
But when you get into that fringe and that red area is when you really have to lock up because then it becomes phone booth football. And, and also the other thing is tackling is at a premium. I know it's something that we don't talk about. We always look for these schemes and things to get, get offenses stopped. Sometimes just getting guys on the ground and lining up with the ability to play the next play is as good a defense as you can use because more and more you get those multiple opportunities of, of them running plays, Dallas can create those turnovers. They have to be great in the red zone as a defense, I believe, in order to have a chance to win this game from a defensive perspective. Yeah, I mean, the space that Kyle creates is not only to get those easy completions, but also to get those guys who are so dynamic, the ball in their hand, and force those defenders to yes. try to tackle in such a wide area. I think this is one of those games that, one, Brandon Ayuk and his ability to make plays downfield is a story. And, two, unfortunately for Dallas, like, this could be one of those games where you do see the loss of Trayvon show mm. itself a little bit because you've got to have, like, four or five really good cover guys if you're going to try and play man versus San Francisco's offense. Yeah, I mean, to the point, too, of trying to limit McCaffrey when it comes to the run game, he leads the 49ers in rushing yards and reception. So you got to think about him in a variety of different ways. Great stuff, guys. As for Dak Prescott and the Cowboys offense, let's get Ed Werder in here from Dallas. And Ed, Dak just addressed the media in the last hour. What did he have to say? Yeah, Laura, you know, Sunday marks just the fifth time that Mike McCarthy calls the offensive plays for Dak Prescott. And the first time when the Cowboys are matched up against the elite 49ers defense, with the Cowboys having been eliminated from the playoffs by the 49ers the past two postseasons while scoring a total of just 29 points, Prescott's taking the matchup as a personal challenge. In fact, in the immediate aftermath of losing last January, Prescott took personal responsibility for that defeat, which he, which proved to be the team's last game with Kellen Moore calling the plays and with Ezekiel Elliott in a Dallas uniform. And you mentioned it. Today, Prescott reiterated that his performance was substandard in both games and contributed significantly to the Cowboys failing to achieve their goals. Go back, you turn on that tape. I wasn't my best in either of those games and wasn't close to it. Uh, the last one, uh, two, three plays away from, from, winning, from winning that game and that game being a different score. So... Uh, yeah, not going to get into the coaching changes and this and that. Um, yeah, we've got to go out there and execute the game plan that the coaches have for us, and they've got a great one as we've uh, buttoned that up for the most part today, and we'll put some final touches on it for the rest of the week, but confidence held in what we've got. Well, the Cowboys have yet to distinguish themselves offensively, partly because their red zone proficiency has been lacking, but also because their defense has been so dominant. The 49ers' defense should be a test unlike any other for Prescott, since the beginning of the 2021 season, including the playoffs, listen to this. The Cowboys have been held under 20 points eight times and lost all of those games. That includes both postseason losses to the 49ers, the only opponent to hold Dallas under 20 points multiple times in that time frame. Laura, one final practice update that should be encouraging to Prescott. Uh, with Tyron Smith and Zach Martin participating in practice today, the Cowboys trending toward having their preferred starting five on the offensive line Sunday for the first time since drafting Tyler Smith prior to last season. Wow, I love that. Um, listen, if you're a Cowboys fan, you got to feel to Ed's point a little bit better about that, especially since this test that 49ers defense presents. Thanks to Ed Werder, and we're just getting started here on NFL Live. Hey, Lamar Jackson had no problem finding the end zone last week, coming off a four-touchdown performance. Marcus will tell us why he's been so effective in the red zone in this offense. Plus, let's talk about Bryce Young. He's off to a bumpy start so far this season, but Dan goes to the touchscreen to talk about what he's been seeing from the number one overall pick and why 
great, we'll be just fine. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. Don't stop, rock like tick-tock. Don't stop the clock to break the door. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Touchdowns is what we all about on offense. We're trying to do that and just trying to win at the end of the day. And Lamar Jackson right up the middle, untouched for the touchdown for the Ravens. Right, Lamar following a blocker into the end zone for the touchdown for Jackson. Flush back to the 15. There's a jump ball in the end zone. It's caught. Mark Andrews goes up and brings it down for the touchdown. Lamar steps up, throws, able to hit Mark Andrews, five into the end zone for the touchdown. As long as he's healthy, I think the Baltimore Ravens have a chance. All right, time to start and see what's on trend around the NFL. Let's go to Lamar Jackson coming off that four-touchdown day. A key part of the Ravens' success under new offensive coordinator Todd Munkin has been their efficiency in the red zone. As you see there, Baltimore has scored a touchdown on 80% of their red zone drive. That's best in the NFL and a significant improvement from last season when the Ravens ranked 30th in red zone efficiency. Marcus, does that trend continue Sunday in Pittsburgh? Yes, I believe the trend continues because a lot of times in the red area is play, players over plays. And when you got one of the dynamic runners at quarterback, probably the most dynamic runner at quarterback in Lamar Jackson and the all-time steady guy in Mark Andrews, you can work a red zone with both of those guys' ability. I believe truly, like between Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, those two quarterbacks make the red zone easier for their team and their offense better than anybody in the NFL. So it'll be, it'll, it'll, the trend will continue. We love it. Next up, L.A., where Rams wide receiver Puka Nakua continued a historic start to his career, racking up 163 receiving yards and the game-winning touchdown and a win over the Colts. Nakua now has 501 receiving yards, by far the most by any player in their first four career games in NFL history. Nakua was drafted in the fifth round this year. R.C., how has he been so productive? Well, I think it's partly Sean McVay, also Matthew Stafford. When he finds somebody that he can trust, someone that he builds a relationship, he sticks to it, asks Dan Arlovsky. And then Pua Nakua, understanding zones, having strong hands, being able to finish tough catches, but also knowing where he needs to be exactly when he needs to be there. And whoever thought at the beginning of this season, we'd be looking forward to a matchup of 
Puka Nakua and Darius Big Play Slay. But that's <laughs> what we're looking forward to this week because of Nakua's quick ascension. Yeah, what a credit to the rookie there. All right, now to Carolina, where number one overall pick Bryce Young has struggled so far. Young's averaging 4.9 yards per pass attempt. He's the second quarterback in NFL history to average fewer than five yards per attempt in the first three career games. Joining former Cardinals quarterback Ryan Lindley. Uh, Dan, what has the tape, though, shown you on Bryce? This past week, certainly some good that you are really encouraged about, and then certainly some stuff that as a rookie you're going to have to deal with. You're just going to see an in route at the bottom of the screen versus Adam Thielen or by Adam Thielen here. This is really good by Bryce. Let's him clear him. Ball comes out on time. Perfect. There's four or five, six clips from that this past weekend's game that look just like that. So we knew that coming into the season about Bryce. And then the ability to kind of play in chaos, right? One of his unique talents is nothing phases him. His ability to have his eyes downfield, go create. Ball comes out on third and five, another completion to Adam Thielen. So that's probably the most consecutive plays that he's had to start this, a game that have been really good. Now, some of the confusion. Okay, so you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys up there defensively, and I have one, two, three, four, five, six guys in protection. So as a quarterback, you're sitting there going, what do I do with the ball here? Now, if all these guys are going to blitz, I really want to throw a perimeter screen. And you can just watch Bryce try to diagnose exactly what he's looking at and what's going to happen. Now, eventually the ball gets snapped and Minnesota blows out of there in coverage. None of those guys actually pressure. Look at these guys are turning and running if you're in Minnesota's defense. They're actually only blitzing two guys. Now, Bryce is going to throw a perimeter screen, and he knows he's wrong. Watch him after the throw. You can see the disgust that he has. I want to bring it back to allow everybody at home to see it. He's going to throw this perimeter screen, and as he throws the football, watch him. He's going to be in disgust knowing, gosh, they got me. I didn't exactly have it figured out of what I was going to throw or do with the football or what they were going to try and do. So then you go later on that game, and it's going to be a very similar look. Here you have it again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and I have one, two, three, four, five, six. Remember, last time he was wrong. All those guys dropped out and the perimeter screen was dead. So now Bryce is looking at this like, okay, what are you guys going to do? I've not necessarily seen all this stuff. This is late in a football game. You're going to try to go get a score for your team to have the chance to win the game. Now the exact opposite happens. All these guys pressure Bryce Young and he's going to get surprised by it happening so quickly. Tries to make Smith miss, ball pops out and it's a fumble return for a touchdown. So certainly some good, but then there's also some stuff that you look at and go, he's a rookie. He's probably experienced this stuff for the very first time. There's a lot for him to diagnose, and there's going to be really good but painful learning moments along this season's road for him. Yeah, watch him on the sideline in the Monday night game we had, Dan. You could see him applying stuff yeah. real time. It's, it's a fun process to watch. Hopefully success comes soon for him. Adam Schefter back with us here as we check in on the injury report. Adam, let's start in New York where I'm sure they'd love to see Saquon Barkley back on the field Sunday against the Dolphins. Any chance that happens? We're real questions about that, Laura. Again, Saquon Barkley was limited in practice today. He has yet to log a full practice since suffering the high ankle sprain against the Arizona Cardinals. And as long as there's no full practice, there's no sign that he'll be back this Sunday against the Dolphins. Again, we'll see if he can get to that tomorrow, but not yet. As for Amon Ra, the Lions wide receiver, he did not practice again today due to an abdomen injury. Now, he said he does expect to play Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. Keep in mind, 
The Lions have Jamison Williams, who's on track to play as well. He's been a full participant in practice the last two days. And speaking of full practices, the Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett listed as a full participant in practice today, despite the fact that he left Sunday's game against Houston with a bone bruise in his knee. The fact that he was a full participant today after saying that he planned to play yesterday tells you that Pickett is tracking to play Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens before the Pittsburgh Steelers head into their bye, Laura. Yeah, there's no question about Kenny Pickett's toughness, that's for sure. More to come here on NFL Live. We've got a lot more coming your way that you don't want to miss. CJ Stroud and the Texans coming off an important performance, an impressive one against the Steelers last week. RC explains why this quarterback is everything the tape says he is. Don't miss it. We'll be right back on NFL Live. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Two weeks ago, obviously, with Miami, but when you see a team put 70 points up on another team as a defensive coordinator, what's your reaction to that? It just doesn't happen. Well, my wife uh, called me last night. Before she went to bed, she, she said she was worried about me. She said, you get any sleep? I said, yeah, I'm sleeping like a baby. Every two hours, I'll wake up and cry and <laughs> go to the bathroom and try to go back and get some more sleep. That is how a baby sleeps. I can confirm. <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite people on earth, Boogie, is, is Wink Martindale. I saw him. Uh, the other uh, last Monday when they were uh, playing the Seahawks, but he's true. This Miami offense will make you lose sleep, and I don't want people to get it twisted about what they saw the Buffalo Bills the, uh, defense do. Give the Buffalo Bills defense a ton of credit, but the Miami Dolphins offense is still prolific, high-powered, and elite, and a lot of coordinators are going to lose some sleep trying to get ready for them. Stress you out now. All right, our, our Week 5 Monday Night Football matchup <laughs> features the Packers. Squared off against the Raiders in Vegas, 8 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Deportes. Peyton and Eli once again on ESPN2. Time to check in with Adam Schefter for some more top stories. And Adam, let's start with that Monday night matchup. What do we know about the health of Jimmy Garoppolo at this point? He's still in concussion protocol right now, Laura. Now, the median average of players in protocol has been nine days. And so there's a chance, a real possibility, that Garoppolo still will be able to make it out of protocol in time to start Monday night's game against the Packers after suffering a concussion on this play. But right now, he still remains in protocol, still limited at practice, and we'll see whether or not he can make it out of protocol. Meanwhile, the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, has 
is a full participant in practice, so he is obviously going to play on Sunday for the Cincinnati Bengals against the Arizona Cardinals. T. Higgins, however, did not practice today. He's nursing a rib injury. He's missed practice two straight days, and that puts him on track to be out Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. And maybe the big story today was Jonathan Taylor talking publicly for the first time since June. And there was a totally different tone from Jonathan Taylor than what we've heard over the summer. He was upbeat. He was optimistic. He's physically ready to play. He was talking about the upcoming game. And so the signs are encouraging right now. That relationship between Jonathan Taylor and the Indianapolis Colts is in a different spot today than it was throughout the summer. And it is trending in the right direction. I can't wait to see him out there with Anthony Richardson, who's already looked really good without him. Let's get to C.J. Stroud, another rookie who's been lighting it up to start off this season. Stroud has led the Texans to a 2-2 two two record while throwing for the fourth most passing yards in the league. He joined the Pat McAfee show today to talk about how it's been a team effort. Of course, like everybody sees my numbers and see what, what's, what I'm doing, but it's the guys around me. Uh, my O-line, like if, you, if you've seen, we've had four different groups of O-line in four games. And the guys who constantly rotate in and they're battling, they're, they're fighting their tails off. Um, it's cool to, to see my work pay off a little bit, but uh, I want to do a lot more. I want to be great in this game. And I have uh, the people around me in the offense to do it in. And uh, I'm really blessed to be able to go out there on Sundays and, and, and prove myself right. You know, he was notorious for uh, handing out gifts to the O-line at Ohio State, by the way. R.C., why has he been, though, so good out of the gate here? I don't know why we're asking why. I feel like C.J. Stroud was in some way evaluated differently than we evaluate great pocket quarterbacks. C.J. Stroud was accurate on every level, and then we were asking him, oh, we need to see him scramble as if everybody has to be dual threat when we're trying to change every dual threat quarterback into a pocket passer. And now we're seeing C.J. execute some of those things that made him so great at Ohio State with the Houston Texans. And nobody came into this season saying, well, Brevin Knight and uh, and well, and and um, Tank Dell and Nico Collins and Robert Robert Woods are all of these guys that we want to see out here on the field that C.J. Stroud can excel with, but he is, and he's a real one. He's a real-life leader, a kid that was going through a ton of adversity in his life. He invites his teammates over to his house every week. This isn't a married man with children who has this level of maturity that should make him that sort of leader, but he is. And he's the type of dude that's dancing and doing a handshake with everyone that scores because he's that ingratiated in that locker room. When you listen to the veterans of this team talk about C.J. Stroud, they talk about following him. That's a 22-year-old young man in his first four games doing the things he's doing on the field, more importantly, doing what he's doing in the locker room. The film said this is what he could be, but what we couldn't imagine is what he's turned to in Houston inside that organization, and I think that's his greatest feat thus far. Yeah, and doing it with many backups. You know, their, mm -hmm. their offensive line has been decimated and, and how quickly it's happened. I'm really excited to watch him play against Atlanta this past weekend or this coming weekend because, one, he's going to see a lot of what simulated pressures are, you know, and, and that's having six or seven guys at the line of scrimmage and which one of those guys are pressure guys. Ryan Nielsen, the defensive coordinator for Atlanta RC. So, like, I think that will be the first time he gets challenged a little bit with that, so I'm excited to see that. And also, Jesse Bates. You know, he handled Minka so well last week with his eyes, CJ, and how quickly he understood it. Jesse is one of those safeties, and you know better than me, of, like, really good at changing the picture and lying to the quarterback. It's another huge test. 
another huge opportunity for CJ with how well he's played in the first four weeks. RC, you think this division is the Texans right now? I don't think you can say that. I mean, you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars with Josh Allen coming along defensively in the way that Trevor Lawrence can play. What we've seen him do, still trying to develop chemistry with the rest of those skilled players. I don't know if you can say that yet about the Houston Texans, but I think right now they're passing in all phases, especially starting with D'Amico Ryans. And as C.J. Stroud continues to ascend, continues to progress, and the defense gets healthy on the back end, this is going to be a very difficult team to beat near year's end. Yeah, certainly. I don't know if any of us expected Houston, certainly in October, mm. to like be a part of the conversation. But they are. We knew they were young and talented, but they are. And now I agree with RC. Jacksonville still is the team that we expect to. And you want to see them kind of play a dominant football game. But I'm not doubting Houston after a month. The way they physically run the football and how great CJ – like CJ's not playing good. He's playing great in that defensive line and how they're rushing yeah. the passer. Yeah, it, Rick – Oh, go ahead, Ryan. And the other thing is this, too. The other thing is this, too. We've seen C.J. Stroud face Trevor Lawrence. We saw C.J. Stroud outplay Trevor Lawrence and the entire Jacksonville defense in Jayville. And so when you look at those two in comparison, it seems like the Houston Texans are a step ahead. But we saw what Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence were able to do down the stretch of yeah. last season when it truly counted. If they can hit that sort of stride again, I believe the Jacksonville Jaguars can turn into the team we spoke about the entire offseason. Yeah, they found some rhythm offensively in London, the Jaguars did, and last year's London trip was a bit of a turnaround for them. This year's is an even longer one. You wonder if it turns into that for Jacksonville as well. Football back tonight, though, with Week 5 kicking off in Washington. Matchup between the Bears and the Commanders. You see FedEx Field getting ready to go there, and that's where we find Jeremy Fowler. He's there tonight. And Jeremy, Justin Fields coming off his best outing of the season, albeit coming to a loss to Denver. But what is the team saying about their quarterback heading into this matchup. Well, Laura, the Bears believe that Justin Fields is coming into this game with a calmness about him after throwing for 300-plus yards against Denver. I spoke to multiple people with the organization who said that was probably the best he's seen the field in a long time from the pocket, which is always the question with him there. Can he get it done? The Bears are also, I'm told, on high alert about the commander's, quote, Justin Fields plan. That means on defense, are they going to put a spy on him early in the game? Are they going to put extra pressure and blitz him? So those are questions the Bears are hoping to find out early. This is a team that has been through a ton. They've played some top 10 defenses like the Bucks and the Chiefs and the Packers. And so, you know, they're hoping that they have a springboard from last week going to this game. They also have Tevin Jenkins, the guard back. He's been activated off IR. Then you have Sam Howell, another quarterback who's coming off a big game. He just went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Eagles. I spoke to Howell on the phone a little bit ago, and he told me that I just wanted to go out there and prove what I am as a player after that dud I put together against the Buffalo Bills a week earlier. And Howell's hoping to keep that momentum going because he told me he went straight to the Bears film Sunday night on his couch as soon as he got home from the Eagles game, and he has two simple goals for tonight. Command of the offense, no turnovers. That sounds like a good plan. The Commanders are six-point favorites as they look to hand the Bears their 15th straight loss. Thanks to Jeremy for the latest there. And time now for the DraftKings Sportsbook. Same game parlay. For that, we go to Marcus Spears. Marcus, let's start with Fields. Over under 193 and a half pass yards tonight. I have under, but it's not a negative. I think he's going to have to use his athleticism in this game, and I want him to be a little bit more stern about getting out of the pocket and using his legs instead of lingering and patting the football. So I got him under 193, but he could have over 100 rushing. 
The under, but a positive. Okay, let's get to the commanders. Over under 63 and a half rush yards for Brian Robinson. I'm going over. And as much as we talked about Sam Howell and this offense and these receivers, these running backs between um, Brian Robinson and, and Gip, they are running the football well and running it hard. I think he goes over 63 and a half yards tonight. How about Chase Young over under half a sack for the commanders D end? I'm going over because I do think we'll have a, a, a time or two where Justin Fields will hold it and try to wait for somebody to uncover or try to get a deep shot off and Chase will be coming around the corner. This offensive line has been an issue as well in Chicago. I think this defensive line is not a good one to see when you have the issues up front, up front in protection. All right, coming up a little bit later in the show, Adam Sheffer has some good news for Justin Fields tonight, so don't miss that. We'll be right back in just moments. Coming up also, Jonathan Taylor speaking for the first time this season following his return from injury and contract standoff. You don't want to hear what he had to say. That's next. Don't forget, on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code NFL Live when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Glad you're with us on NFL Live. Let's read and react to some news from around the league. We start in Indy where Jonathan Taylor addressed the media for the first time since his return to Colts practice this week. I'm here. I mean, if somebody wasn't committed, they wouldn't be here. Um, and, and right now I'm here and my, my number one goal is to really attack this first practice. I'm not here to get into any contract things. Those were um, over the course of this offseason, but the season is here. We got the Tennessee Titans on the clock. Um, division game. We haven't seen him play in a game in nearly 10 months. That's a long time. It's worth a reminder just how good Jonathan Taylor is, and you see it there. During his first three seasons, Taylor had six games with at least 150 rushing yards and a touchdown, tied for the fifth most by any player in their first three years in the league in NFL history. The other five players are on the list. Uh, they're all Hall of Famers. So, RC, what do you make of the situation in Indianapolis right now? Well, I think Jonathan Taylor realized that Big Bank always takes Little Bank and that he was backed into a corner. <clears throat> but as good as he is, he knows playing with AR5 
having Shane Steichen running that offense, the things you saw in the second half against the LA Rams, he has an opportunity to make plays and also contribute to a team that can win games. And so the best out for him is to go out, produce, show people he is still a top-level running back and hope to get his money in the offseason. But there is talent on this team and a great offensive mind in Shane Steichen. Let's go to New York, where Zach Wilson, coming off his best game of the season in Sunday's loss to Kansas City, spoke to the media this afternoon. I think the growth is one of the most exciting things in football, is, is feeling improvement as an offense individually, all the guys around. And so for me, it really comes down to how can I have been better in that game? How can I take, yes, there was good things, but how can I take the things that would have helped us be even better? You know, we didn't win the games. We need to find, everyone needs to find those little things how we can be better. And I absolutely found those things. And so I do think there is excitement to say, oh, I can't wait to try those again this next week and try and fix those things and reapply those things for the next week. Dan, what needs to happen this week for Wilson to find success again, this time against the Broncos? Yeah, be very aggressive, throwing the football on first down if you're Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator. And listen, I don't know if they're going to win this game or if he's going to play well, but just hearing that sound and seeing the maturity that has happened mm. in Zach Wilson over the last year is pretty stinking remarkable, and it's good for him. And if he can go string together another game where he's aggressive on first down and he's finding man coverage and making tight window throws, it's going to give him and that football team a ton of hope. Yeah, it seems like a totally different person. All right, to uh, nice. New York again, where second-year tackle Evan Neal was not pleased with the Giants fans after their 21-point loss on Monday night. Yesterday, Neal said, quote, they were booing us. So I said, boo louder. Why would a lion concern himself with the opinion of a sheep? The person that's commenting on my performance, what does he do? Flip hot dogs and hamburgers somewhere. Neil then posted the apology last night, writing, I'm wrong for lashing out at the fans who are just as passionate and frustrated as I am. I let my frustrations in my play and desire to win get the best of me. I had no right to make light of anyone's job, and I deeply regret the things I said. We're working day in and day out to grow as a team, and this was an unnecessary distraction. I apologize. Marcus, what do you make of all this? Okay, let me put my sensitivity training on because, you know, as a player, you're really not supposed to give a damn what the outside is saying. But I understand this is a different generation. These guys see a lot of what goes on. The one issue I have with Evan Neal in this particular situation, all, it is, all this means now is that the phone lines are open. Everybody knows that you're listening and seeing what people are saying about your performances and it gets to you. So now that's something that people will needle at because that's the that's that's what we live in. That's the the era we are in right now. It's a young player who's not playing well, team not playing well, responding and letting people know that the pressure got to him. That's human. I don't blame him for that. The problem is now the phone lines are open. Hopefully he'll mature and not respond to that foolishness. Yeah, in two games at home this season, the Giants have been outscored 64 to 3. Ooh. Okay, not up great. next. <laughs> That's not good. It was a tale of two halves for Justin Fields last week. Our guys tell us what he needs to do to get past this commander's defense tonight. We're just a few more hours away from football, the beginning of week five. We'll be right back here on NFL Live. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. All right, the Sunday NFL Countdown crew has you covered for week five, 10 a.m. Eastern. And the Monday Night Countdown crew gets you set for Packers Raiders with a two-hour pregame starting at 6 Eastern, both on ESPN and the app. All right, new on NFL Live, we got the Ravens injury report in here. Let's get Adam Schefter for the latest. Go ahead, Adam. Lord just came in moments ago, and you'll see some notable highlights there. Rashad Bateman, full participant in practice today. Uh, the left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, also a full participant in practice. Odell Beckham Jr. limited, Marlon Humphrey limited, but the Ravens look like they're in pretty decent shape heading into Sunday's matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. As for tonight's game, the Chicago Bears a short time ago activated their guard Tevin Jenkins off injured reserve onto the active roster. That's good news for Justin Fields as he'll get back one of his top offensive linemen. It'll help shore up things up front. And that can't do anything but help the Bears offense going into Washington tonight to play a tough defensive line. But the Bears will be without some key starters in their secondary. Eddie Jackson's out due to foot injury. Jalen Johnson's out due to a hamstring injury. And Jaquan Brisker is listed as questionable due to a hamstring injury. So the Bears have some injuries to overcome on a short road week in Washington. Thanks to the latest there, Adam. And uh, Tevin Jenkins, you mentioned that return. That'd be a welcome sight for Justin Fields and the Bears offense, which has allowed the fourth highest pressure rate in the NFL. They're going to be put to the test, as Adam mentioned, tonight against a talender, talented Commanders. Calendar. I, I made a new word. Uh, <laughs> talented Calendar. Commanders defensive line that ranks Thompson in pressure percentage and sack rate. Ooh, not numbers that Justin Fields is going to love. RC, what does he have to do to follow up last week's positive outing? One, he has to remain confident. The way you saw Justin Fields sitting on the sideline after losing that game or turning that football over late, he can't come out with that same energy. You watched him move the pocket last week. He kept his eyes up the field when he escaped as well. He's going to lead a, need a lot more of that. Also, he's going to need protection. We know what this Washington commander's front four can do, and so Luke Getze has to expand on some of the play action that we saw last week from the Chicago Bears. And Dan talked about this a lot with Zach Wilson and Justin Fields last week. When that back foot hits and you're ready to let it go, yeah. throw it with conviction, mm -hmm. throw it like you mean it, and throw it like you know where the hell it's going. Mm -hmm. And when <laughs> Justin Fields does that, he's one of the more talented young quarterbacks in the league, and we see good results. No doubt. Look, I, I throw the football, and I want him to be convicted, and I agree with you guys. Justin Fields has 28 attempts rushing in four games. He should be around 50 by now with how this offense is mm. looked and the protection. 
He has to use his legs. There needs to be some de design quarterback run. The most attempts he's had have come against the Chiefs, and I'm sure that's just getting out of the pocket, making plays. Be convicted. This right, that's it right there. Don't try to drift and pat the football and try to find people. Go, 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 go. <laughs> and especially against this front of the Washington Commanders. Yo, I'm, it drives me crazy because this is not rocket science, bro. It's a tool in your toolbox that is as good as thing, anything that anybody has in the league. And, and I just don't understand it, man. Don't make the guy something he's not. He is a dual-threat quarterback, and when he needs to use his legs, make that the focal point of how you attack people on defense. All right. I'm calling. <laughs> Are so you got, mad? Right, you got tickled there. Yeah, got angry. I, I agree. <laughs> so you know, mad. Only one design quarterback run last week, even though the offense looked so different. I think one full progression reads. You know that I think that gave Justin a little bit to RC's point where he was talking, like the conviction of what he was looking at. I think the second thing, the bootlegs, and I actually like, you know, when they booted him to the field, guys. Like the, the ball was on the left hash, and they made him roll to the right. It gave him more space to go be a threat. You know, some of those stuff that opened up crossers to Cole Komet was him going to the field and the defense was like oh gosh 4-3 is coming at me so like I'd like to see an abundance of that and that's kind of like the style that Justin should be playing in offensively. Mm. Marcus where's that candle you light up sometimes let's light that candle and woosah or something. Well they always get on me about my reflection <laughs> in the screen All right, well, light but up it, a flame. it does piss me off that I can't have it going. Well, light up a flame while we uh, talk about Sam Howell. On the other side of things Sam Howell nearly pulled off the upset of the Eagles last week. He lost in overtime but Dan what do you like about this Washington offense right yeah. now? The different ways or reasons they use motion the candle. <laughs> um, and also that Eric Bieniemy's tapped into a lot of the stuff that Sam Howell ran in abundance at North Carolina, which is a lot of the RPOs when he's reading second and third level defenders. So motion for information. The back starts at the bottom of the screen. They motion him in. He was matched by a corner. He knows it's going to be zoned now. But where's the vacancy? With that linebacker tucked at the hash inside, he knows that safety's dropping down, so he has slant flat. Whatever that safety does, you throw off of it. Sam does a great job of realizing this is simple. They get safety and drop him to that flat. There's that slant route. So the understanding of because of the motion, what the coverage is going to be. I talked about that RPO. Yep. This is Terry McCorn at the top. He's got press coverage. He's just got a reduced split go route and or fade. This is a safety read for Sam Howell. If that safety stays back, we're going to hand the ball off. We got six on six. If that safety comes downhill while I put the ball in the belly of the back, well, I'm going to give Terry McLaurin a one-on-one -on -one opportunity. We will see this tonight against Denver secondary. This is going to be fantastic. Excuse me, Chicago secondary and the ball placement of Terry McLaurin. So you saw motion for information, RPO, then motion for impact. You see the guy up top again. Here he comes, man-to-man -man coverage. They got to kick the defense laterally because I'm creating a four-by-one. There's four guys now to the left side of the field at the bottom of the screen, one-on-one -on -one right up top. Sam Howell goes, are you going to single him? I'll throw it. If you're going to double him, then I'll work this four-man side and the aggression of throwing the football down the field. So tonight, he'll be very aggressive throwing the ball downfield. Now, it's a fine line between overly aggressive and mm. trying to make every throw perfect and a couple tipped interceptions or not. So the, the motion and the RPO is going to be big tonight for that offense. All right, time now for Game Picks, brought to you by Truly Hard Seltzer. I think we're going to reveal them all because we're all on the same team, which um, yeah. is the Commanders. So we're, we're all we're all picking Guys. the Commanders. Ryan, give us a reason. I'm going with the Commanders. No one watches as much football as Dan Orlovsky, and he can't tell the Bears defense from the Broncos defense. That's all you need to know. <laughs>
<laughs> Marcus, you had something? Oh, yeah. Oh, just I want to remember with the commanders that maybe Eric the enemy is a really good offensive play caller. I don't want people to forget Love that. It. Tell them. Hey, we'll see you tomorrow on the show. Enjoy this week.